Welcome. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Let's Rejoice Together podcast. I'm your host, Jennifer Grove, episode nine. Here we go. Thank you for joining us to explore the business of shopping sustainably as we build a community and connect eco-responsible tastemakers and changemakers. And speaking of changemakers, I just wrapped up at the Fashion Institute of Technology's 16th annual Sustainable Business and Design Conference. It was amazing. I'd like to actually give a shout out to Dr. Karen Pearson, the chair of FIT's Sustainability Council. It was a full, robust two days of virtual live panels and conversations. And as a proud FIT alumni, I was so honored to moderate the conference's closing panel. And you can actually go back and replay our Spreading the Message for Change panel on the Rejoice LinkedIn page, featuring two of our recent podcast guests. Tina Hedges of Lolly and Chris White of America's Best Cleaners. The purpose was really to demonstrate how vital communication is in creating pathways to meaningful impact. And I kind of opened the panel with some pertinent stats about feelings about climate change. And I want to share that data with everyone. So we have this measuring stick and baseline. I hope you'll agree the data is kind of jaw dropping it made me want to ask some powerful questions around it. Basically, how do we get here? And how do we break down the data as a problem into fundamental principles that we can work around to solve these problems? What are are the truths that we're trying to uncover? There were lots of questions. And really, as part of the Rejoice vision, it's important to me to use this companion podcast, if you will, to challenge these assumptions around the data, explore the answers, and have these questions, this opportunity for dialogue with our vendors, with our service providers, with our experts, and kind of validate our business purpose. So we want our marketplace to act as a solution. So let me let me start with some of these stats. Last December, Lancet reported uh, from their climate change survey, it was 10,000 young people um, ages 16 to 25, uh, basically kids from 10 different countries, Australia, Brazil, Finland, France, India, Nigeria, Philippines, Portugal, the UK, and the United States. And they collected data on feelings about climate change, climate anxiety, climate-related distress, and government responses to climate change. And here's the major headline. Respondents are very worried about climate change. Okay, so based on these numbers, and listen carefully, and remember, we're talking about 16 to 25-year-olds. 59% were very or extremely worried. 84% were at least moderately worried. More than 50% reported each of the following emotions. Sad, anxious, angry, powerless, helpless, and guilty. More than 45% of respondents said their feelings about climate change negatively affected their daily life and functioning. Okay, let me say that one again. Daily life and functioning. And 75% said that they think the future is frightening. 83% said that they think people have failed to take care of the planet. So I spoke about this on the FIT panel, and this is the data that backs up why we're now at this level of eco-anxiety that basically warrants its own category of therapy for us. I mean, I was speaking to a friend of mine who told me she doesn't even want to have kids because it's just too depressing to think about bringing children into this world. And then I was speaking to one of my mentors and advisors who told me he has friends in Italy who had just told him the same thing. So halfway around the world, people are thinking the same thing. Given the war in Ukraine, 
COVID, climate change, they don't want to bring children into the world. It's just too much. So now we're at this point where climate change is playing a factor into the procreate decision-making concept. I mean, it's overwhelming to think this way. And I know we can do better. I know there is a path to communicating hope and change and contributing um, to positive impact. So I really, I encourage you to check out the panel where we, we talk about this and it was so encouraging. I had so many people text me after the panel because um, there was a live uh, virtual audience and they shared how they felt so inspired after Tina and Chris spoke. And we, um, we just got so much good feedback. Um, there was hope, there was joy, there was this glimmer of inspiration <laughs> and it validated um, rejoice purpose. So it was really, once again, this opportunity to prove we can have um, our voices spread this message of positive change and we can use our wallets to shop our values and have this really scalable impact. So it was really exciting. Um, my goal is to use this podcast and the Rejoice Marketplace, obviously, to carve a path to more education, empowerment, engagement, and create this bigger ecosystem for environmental justice, ethical fashion, every place that we can create a better path for people and planet. So if you've listened to our trailer and the first few episode, episodes of Let's Rejoice Together, you know we're piloting this inclusive space for communication while we're, while we're building this marketplace. And we're talking to all of our providers, our vendors, our experts, and we're hosting founder to founder interviews like we are today. It's part of this CSR and ESG business mission, of course, but it's also a lot of fun because we get to kind of strip away the sound bites and the, the righteous sounding activism part of things. But I get to ask some personal questions, kind of step outside of the business silo for a minute and give our community something very real and relatable. And it's it's a lot of fun. It gets to create a new light and, and look at the founder's perspective and why they do what they do. Um, and I think that's a lot of fun too, being part of the Rejoice community. It's personal. It proves that you care. It says you're a compassionate human who cares about environmental issues that affect your family, your friends, your neighbors, future generations, and obviously this planet that we all share. So I am really excited to welcome to the show today, Chanel Dupre, the founder of Ecolux, a company that is making an assortment of eco-friendly products for personal care, your home, your office, made of biodegradable, non-toxic organic materials like bamboo. And with that, I want to get to the heart of the matter with Ecolux. Terms like biodegradable, renewable, compostable, non-toxic, carbon neutral, of course, come to mind when we hear bamboo. But these words, these claims, like sustainable, they're ubiquitous. So without any independent verification or knowing how energy intensive it is to process bamboo into a product, the words don't have that much meaning. So it was really exciting to me. I really welcome this opportunity to meet Chanel through one of our independent eco-credential companies, the Green Business Bureau, so that I could really learn and connect with, connect with Chanel and explore this topic together. And what I've discovered is that Chanel is really serious about sustainability. She's bringing her company and her mission into balance with the planet and its resources. And today, she's going to share this with us, everything from forest stewardship certification to bamboo toothbrushes, there's a lot to learn from her. So Chanel, 
it is such an honor and privilege to have you as a guest. Welcome, and thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks, Jennifer. That was uh, quite the uh, introduction. I quite enjoyed <laughs> all of the um, latest updates that you've given. I've, oh, I'm always learning, which is, um, which is fascinating to me. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's our pleasure. And I wanted to give you this opportunity. Um, if you could give us an overview of your company and maybe touch upon your family's farm in the Philippines, how you got started, where, where do you want to begin? Yeah, I could. I, I'd love to begin with what our, you know, really true mission is, and this is this is really um, it's still quite a journey for every for ourselves, but also for the audience. So, um, you know, our mission really is to educate consumers about making the right choices and and creating a more sustainable life, and uh, a, a sustainable lifestyle. Um, I I actually um, got introduced to bamboo because it was just um, a plant that just grew everywhere in the Philippines. And it is, um, it is a product that I think is a really great replacement for a lot of the plastics that's um, in our, in our everyday life. And so I started to go into um, getting a you know, an, an understanding of what is so great about this material. So as I, I ventured into and learned a little bit more about this product, I realized that there's a lot of opportunity here that maybe not people, people don't even know about, or maybe we just don't value it as much as um, we should. And, um, and so I've created this Ecolux product as a company to help introduce some of these biodegradable products, materials that don't require so much of the toxic chemicals and processes that many of the other um, agricultural products require in order to grow. Um, and now, you know, in the, I've just launched last year, um, looking at different ways to reach uh, the market and um, hoping what I hope to see is um, having a proliferation of more biodegradable materials made of bamboo um, through all of these retailers and, and all of the different channels where consumers can make choices. Good. I feel like we could have an entire podcast about bamboo as a renewable resource. So. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I'm hoping you'll come back for an in-depth, like, ask me anything session about bamboo in the future. I feel like I've already learned so much from you between the different types of bamboo, how it grows, why it grows mm -hmm. so fast. I had no idea that it, I learned this from your website, that it can grow to 100 feet tall. It's really interesting to connect all of those dots. So I'm going to have you back for an AMA for sure. <laughs> that sounds great. I'd love to. <laughs> um, okay. Can you tell us, is there um, any big company news or any exciting developments you want to share with everyone? Um, yeah. So I just, um, one of the things that in the eco space is um, that people might not realize is it's actually quite difficult to get a lot of the certifications because um, there are a series of very stringent criteria you have to meet in all of the facets of your business uh, right through the entire supply chain. And one of the things that I've just recently been um, accepted to is um, uh, I was able to get the FSC certification as well as now joining um, shortly the Amazon um, Climate Pledge Friendly Program, which um, allows my products to be featured as a eco-friendly um, you know, product uh, in, in that program. So that's um, something that I'm really excited about because I'd like to see 
that organization kind of get get a little bit more focused on on um, sustainability. Um, you know, the certification itself was very um, challenging, and um, and it was um, one of the things that I, I think was a, a, a key milestone, just because it was very difficult to get it. Wonderful. Okay, we're going to launch into our round of 20 questions, and mm -hmm. that should give some great insight into Ecolux and your sustainability um, insights, but also giving kind of the, the community the opportunity to get to know the business person behind the brand's vision. So are you ready, Chanel? Yeah, I am ready. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so first, what is Ecolux sustainability mission statement? Um, in one, in one sentence, it would be to educate our consumers about making the right choices for a more sustainable lifestyle. Love it. How would you describe Ecolux's best-selling product and why are your customers obsessed with it? Um, to date, I'd say that the personal care eco gift boxes is one of the ones that are um, very, uh, I'd say, um, favorite is a favorite of consumers. It's, it's just because it's relevant. There are things that they can easily replace um, plastics. Um, it's, it's an easy thing to use in, in your, your everyday life. And um, there's many ways that you can um, uh, use that for travel as well. And as people are starting to travel more, it's, um, it's a lot more relevant. What, what are some of the products in that gift box? Yeah, so that includes like a dental oral care um, set. So um, bamboo toothbrushes, uh, dental floss, uh, bamboo charcoal infused dental floss, believe it or not, um, a comb, um, uh, bamboo containers, jars for creams and liquids, and um, some other some other um, dental accessories like to, uh, where you can kind of store and and um, pack your um, some of those products. So it's um, it's basically replacing a lot of the toiletries that you would normally use for travel purposes. It's you it's it's replacing it with bamboo. Love it. Yeah. What what problem, Chanel, did you set out to solve when you started Ecolux? Well, during um, when I was actually, um, I've I've have a, a technology background and have been in um, really building mobile apps. And one of the um, initiatives that I came up with was to try to create a mobile app that would build on a circular economy. So um, focus more on upcycling and recycling and watching products. Um, uh, divert from landfills um, through this application. And as I, as I dug a little bit more about this market, I realized that plastics was a really plastic products and materials were really huge contributors to the waste problem that we have. And so as I dug into this, um, I realized that there were other opportunities, other materials that could substitute for plastics that maybe the, the um, market just doesn't know enough about. Um, and so this is kind of what I was hoping to do was, as I looked around a lot of the retailers, they carry a lot of plastics. And, um, and I just thought there was an opportunity here to replace some of those plastics with more biodegradable materials. So this is kind of how I started. That's so interesting. You saw, you were trying to solve one problem and through <laughs> research, you broke, well, that's first principle. You kind of broke it down to um, the materials. I, I love that. That's brilliant. Um, how will you know when you've solved that problem? Like what in your mind, what, what defines success? I think um, 
You know, one of the things that I, I see is there's not a, not a lot of, uh, you know, product assortment in a lot of the retail, um, uh, retail outlets. And I think that what will define that success is when I start to see a lot more of those products in the market and um, that people are actually making those conscious decisions to buy them and creating that demand around more sustainable products and, and being more conscious about what they're choosing. So I, I think that that would be a really good indication of the fact that we as a, as a community have done a really great job in educating consumers. And that is, we are part of that solution. So mm -hmm. we're all on that mission <laughs> together. I'm so glad you're here for that. <laughs> what, what do you consider your biggest, proudest, uh, most defining stat or sustainability measurement that the world absolutely needs to know about? I, I, I think it's, um, you know, getting those, um, the the FSC certification, which is which is actually quite a quite a process. I think that that is um, something that I'm really proud to have um, my own number <laughs> <laughs> that's stamped on the on the products to say yes, we've done the the, the checks and balances. We've checked out the entire supply chain and process um, right from um, you know the source. So that's that's something that that I think is really I'm really proud of and. Um, and I think that the, you know, the opportunity to be able to have those, these products um, in marketplaces such as Rejoice and, and, and many other like eco-friendly marketplaces is going to be a really proud moment for, for us. Congratulations. That is awesome. And I, I can't wait when our marketplace launches to be able to showcase that uh, FSC certification. That is amazing. What corporate social responsibility tenant sets your company apart and makes Ecolux an ideal company to work for? So in other words, what can you share with our community um, that, you know, behind the amazing um, travel products and bamboo toothbrushes behind all that, what, what can we feel really good about knowing Ecolux is doing? Yeah. So one of the things that we, you know, transparency is really important. Um, obviously that is, uh, that is something that, a lot of these association certification programs will ask for because they, they want to know that you're not just greenwashing products, that you really truly know what the, where the source is coming from, how things are coming to market, going to market. And one of the things that we, we, we always want to ensure is um, that all of our partners and all the people that we are working with, whether there's suppliers, their um, uh, the, uh, you know, partners in, in the community, that they all have uh, values that are aligned to the organization. And, um, and if they don't, we just don't work with them. And that we ensure that the partners, um, the B2B channels that we work with, are also aligned with in terms of values and what's important to them in terms of corporate responsibility and priorities. Love that. What are your official sustainability goals for the future? And we, we kind of touched upon this before. I'm going to have to come back and interview you again for more bamboo uh, facts and figures. <laughs> so what, what can you tell me now that you're, you're dedicated to working on and achieving in the coming, coming months, a year ahead? What, what does the future look like for you? I'd say um, one of the, just even on a personal level, um, as well as a company, Packaging is um, packaging is is an issue. I'm, I'm sure many of your listeners can relate to this. Um, <laughs> you, know, you know, one of the things that we forget is um, 
it's, uh, some of some of the the packaging that comes with the products that we purchase, whether it's in store, online. Um, so achieving zero waste is is really is really something that I'd, we'd like to be able to impact. And whether we can control that, because sometimes the, the the fulfillment isn't happening at our end; it's happening through marketplaces. So, <laughs> so one of the things that we we do want to make sure we're aware of is that we try to reduce as much of the packaging and at, at the very least um, ha have recyclable and, and biodegradable <clears throat> packaging of the products of our products that are being sent to consumers. Okay. That is something that we'll challenge you on. So when we interview you the next time, <laughs> we want to talk about measurability and goals. So I love that. That'll be something that we can talk about in the future. Um, so give me one good reason why. Why should the Rejoice community care about Ecolux? Why should I care about it? Like, I want to see your success as a fellow founder. Mm -hmm. And then why, I have an 18-year-old daughter, why should she care about using bamboo products? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so sustainability is all about focusing on um, our future generation to ensure that whatever we're consuming now isn't going to impact um, their needs in the future. So in order to do that, we need to be aware of how some of these products are being made. Uh, as an example, plastic, petroleum-based. Um, these are these are you know these are these are resources that are not renewable. We we need to be aware of how it impacts our climate, how it impacts the air that we breathe, um, the toxic the toxicity that we're exposed to whether it's in our water or air. So, you know, when you're creating these bamboo products, it doesn't go through that same process. So I want to ensure that um, we can educate as many people about how things are produced. And when they're aware of how things are produced and what kind of pollution is going into our um, environment, um, I think we'd be making different choices. So, that's the reason why we feel we need to educate people. And that process is not, I don't claim to be an expert in this area. Uh, there are many other very well-informed, educated people in this space, but I do want to share what I know and how my journey is going and would like other people to join in the journey to learn more about um, sustainable products. So they have an understanding of what they have a choice to, what choices to make when they're shopping. So it is, um, it's really important that the future generation understands um, how we are making products. Absolutely. And that's why we're having these conversations, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. What's the best thing about being a business owner that might surprise our community? <laughs> I don't know if it will surprise <laughs> our community, but you know, there, I hear a lot of people wanting to be their own boss. So that's what you get to be your own boss and you get to set your own hours. You know, your, your success is really dependent about uh, on, on, you know, how much time you put in, how much effort, um, how much passion. I think one of the things that as a business owner, you have to have that passion number one, because you have to get up every day and think about your product and think about your, what you're doing for the community. And um, one of the things that I think um, is really great about um, being a business owner in this space is that it, it's a lot more rewarding because you're not thinking really just about the money. You're thinking about what good you're doing for people and sharing ideas, sharing best practices to make life more sustainable and healthier. 
So um, I feel rewarded about being a, a business owner. You can, um, you know, it, it's, it's different than uh, working for a company where you're being told what to do. I think one of the things that uh, you get to do as a business owner is also give other people an opportunity to work with you and to learn from you. And you get to set the direction, the pace, and um, the, you know, you're, you get to set your own success goals together with your employees. That was really personal, Chanel. Thank you for sharing that. I love it. What's the most challenging hurdle you believe Ecolux faces in achieving eco-responsibility goals that you're on a mission to solve? Now, granted, we know um, Ecolux is a pretty new company, so um, it might be challenging to put some historical context here, but maybe something that you're working on and uh, your average consumer might not realize behind the scenes, it's really hard for a new company to tackle a, this type of eco-responsibility goal um, for a product like yours. Yeah, you know, that's, um, like, like you said, and, and you, you framed it, it's, it's um, uh, we're fairly new, and I'm sure, and there were many challenges setting up the business, just even, even on, the, on the operations level. Um, so there are a number of um, uh, there were a number of challenges for sure. Being an eco-sustainable business, it, it's not, you can't just slap things onto your product and, and pretend that that's what you are. So you have, there's this validation process that's quite intensive and uh, transparency is, is, is really important to these organizations. So I think um, uh, from an eco-responsibility level, it's just being very conscious and aware and intentional on the choices that we are making as an organization from, from like with every step. So from um, creating, producing products to, uh, sorry, at the agricultural level, right up to packaging and shipment, like all of that, that entire supply chain is, needs to be, uh, you know, sustainable and, that's not always easy when there are parts of the process you're not really in control of. Right. And I, I think you said it best. There's intention behind every single one of those steps. It's, mm -hmm. it's not necessarily cost driven because you've got the intention behind it and you have to meet certain standards that are eco-responsible um, based right. on your, based on your values and your mission. So. Yeah, Absolutely. Okay, time, time for more of the fun personal fact-finding questions about Chanel. <laughs> <laughs> this is the fun part. <laughs> uh, but these also, this gives us a little insight into how do you live sustainably? So my first question is, what did you have for breakfast today? And do you know where it was sourced from? <laughs> yes. Uh, okay, so I had powdered protein with almond milk and bananas. So... So the, um, to be honest, I don't know where that powdered milk, uh, powdered um, protein comes from. My naturopathic doctor <laughs> prescribed it to me. So I don't usually challenge her. I don't usually challenge her, um, her knowledge of the ingredients, but because I trust her, but I, I'm, I'm quite sure because a lot of the products that I do take every day are, have herbal and, uh, 
you know, they're natural, they're not prescribed synthetic drugs. So (laughs) (laughs) I assume that she has, she's, she's uh, very conscious and aware of that. Um, So it was powder protein. And then I've got almond milk. So it's not dairy milk um, from a cow or or anything. It's, um, uh, you know, I, I, I have, um, I have very, um, I'm very careful about sort of some of the, the foods that I'm, I'm intaking. It's still a learning process because there are things that I'm, I'm learning slowly that um, when you look at, uh, when you start reading about what, uh, where your, what, where your products are coming from that you're eating. Um, I watched a show on Netflix. And when I learned about some of that stuff, I just realized, you know, I, I don't know if I want to keep eating meat. <laughs> So, well, this yeah. this is why I, I include this question in our founder to founder 20 questions. I want to know mm-hmm. if if you're in the business of selling eco-responsible products, I want to mm-hmm. know how far does it go into your personal life? Mm-hmm. Do you even know where what your breakfast carbon footprint is? So that's mm-hmm. why I asked the question. It's really, it's been um, such a discovery process to talk to people. And I want to mm-hmm. learn from my community um, what everybody else is eating. I swear. I know everybody's coffee order at this point. It's hysterical. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. So what's the last item you composted, recycled, upcycled, donated, or repurposed? Um, I, I, yeah, I'm, unfortunately the recycling part is the packaging stuff. So again, <laughs> you're in it every day. <laughs> yeah. Which, which, which is why, you know, cause I spend, Every day I spend probably five to 10 minutes uh, sorting my materials. So sorting from composted food scraps. And I don't have too many food scraps because fortunately for me, um, I'm, I'm single and I live in uh, my own space and I can control how much I eat and, and, and all of that. So I'm very much a just-in-time, real-time kind of person. Uh-huh. I go and get my food when I'm hungry and I don't have a lot of things sitting in my fridge that is that needs to either be thrown later or, or it has a lot of packaging. So I just go to the store and eat what I want. But I do still spend, based on... Um, packages and boxes and things like that even when even products that my own products that I uh, that I have delivered here I'm having to you know sort all of that stuff anything from containers that you buy from even Whole Foods um, everything you know and I I'm, I'm disappointed that that there's that much stuff I'm assuming that a lot of that gets recycled in the right places but um, yeah I'd say packaging materials and, and some <laughs> little bits of food waste. <laughs> okay. Great. Okay. What is the oldest piece of clothing or accessory in your closet that you still get absolute maximum use out of? <laughs> um, I would say that a number of my dress shirts that I had purchased about 15 years ago, believe it or not, have been the most amazing investments. So um, as someone who's going through that sustainable journey, I'm actually now looking into how and where these products are being made. Um, But I have kept those, um, you know, those clothes with me for over 15 years, and they tend to be um, very durable. And I'm, I'm really happy to report that because I'm not growing anymore. <laughs> like sideways or upwards. <laughs> I get to keep a lot of those clothes and keep wearing them. And nobody ever knows that I've had them since I was, uh, you know, in my, my early twenties. <laughs> no, that's, it's brilliant. And, uh, you should, 
if you haven't already, um, I'm just reminding everyone to listen to our interview with Chris White from America's Best Cleaners. So when you are using a sustainable um, certified dry cleaner and garment care service, when you make an investment in a piece of clothing, you can keep it for 15, 20 plus years. And that is the ultimate in sustainability. If you, you purchase the right product, you take care of it the right way. It's and leading into my next question, Chanel, what is your most treasured possession? Something you purchased once and you have no reason to ever replace or throw out. Oh gosh. That one is a really tough question. Um, I, you know, I, I'd like to say my electronics because I know <laughs> the journey that, but they, they unfortunately get obsolete and I hate to have to recycle them because I, I sort of understand the process of what they have to go through. But, um, I'm going to say that I'm going to say that my, um, like jewelry, uh, it's, it's not something that you would typically, you know, throw or, or sometimes I would donate them to other people. Uh, I, I do a really big purge once a year and, and those, that purge is, is a donation or I would reuse them. So I probably say for, um, I probably say my jewelry. That's great. And that, that does bring you so much joy, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. Especially when your kids buy you pieces of it that oh. actually come together. Like, <laughs> Okay. Next question. What's a beauty, personal care, health, or food product that you subscribe to every month? Maybe it's something you get delivered to your doorstep that you can't live without. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't have it delivered. Uh, I certainly go out and get it. And it is my face cream. <laughs> so <laughs> I can't live without it because without it, I'd probably have a lot of wrinkles in my face. <laughs> <laughs> what types of brands would you want to see on an eco-responsible shopping marketplace like Rejoice when we launch? Mm-hmm. Uh, I definitely would like to see a lot of... Um, uh, I'd say um, household products are a good, I, 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 think, I think one of the things that really strike me as really difficult to replace are things like saran wrap and, um, you know, like plastic packaging that people use every day. And that would be, you know, options for that for people because we use that every day in our household and in our kitchen and when we cook. Those are things that we consume every day. And I think anything to do with replacing plastics in the kitchen would be, uh, and a good assortment of that would be really great and very helpful. Oh, fantastic. We, I know we have some solutions for that. So stay tuned. Mm-hmm. Okay. And actually next question. Um, do you have a question for our audience? Something that keeps you up at night that maybe the community can help crowdsource an answer for? Yeah. I would really like to know from other people if they have any ideas and how do we solve the, you know, this packaging problem? Um, there's just you know, some, there are some people that say, you know, go and buy bulk. But then with this COVID situation, people are very reluctant to buy bulk because we don't know who's touched what. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then when you go and buy bulk products, you're still given plastic bags to put your bulk products in. I just wondered if anybody has um, ideas on best practices that retailers need to take note of in, in terms of how do we, how do we make things more, um, you, you know, more... How do, how do we solve that, that packaging problem? 
Okay. And we, we have some good AMAs coming up with packaging experts. So hopefully we can um, get a bunch of FAQs answered that way. I love that. That was a good one, Chanel. Great. Okay. Uh, now for the current events part of 20 questions. Mm-hmm. Anything in the news recently that you want to share with us, something that got your attention, whether it was fascinating, scary, interesting, but something you think everybody needs to really be aware of this and needs to read? Well, I, I, I used to um, work with a media company that is just focused on climate change. And I've learned a lot from just working with that client. It's, it's been an, a really amazing um, opportunity to really speak to a lot of different people in that renewable energy space. Um, one of the things that I found scary was that when you look into the banks, the banks that you're banking with, you might realize that some of their investment portfolio, that they're um, that they're, some of the partners in the investment space are are um, petroleum-based fossil fuels. They're non-sustainable. They're um, you know in, in they're um, yeah. It's really it's just really interesting if you look at the types of um, companies that they fund. And so one of the things that I recognized recently, and I, you know, read some of Bloomberg's green uh, articles, one of the reports that just came out was talking about how the uh, you know, people are starting to move away from or, or creating a little bit more awareness about where the money is going and how it's being invested and what companies are are where your money's being funneled to. And that um, one of the key, um, uh, you know, uh, things that I've learned is that in um, by 2025, they say that um, investment in ESG products are going to rise from $35 trillion to $50 trillion. So that's a really good news. Um, uh, you know, that's, that's great news. I think that that's um, something that people need to look at is where are their investments going? What is it funding? And one of the things that I did take, one of the things that I did do was sit down with my investment um, uh, manager and made sure that I, my portfolio was balanced and focused on sustainable, um, a, a more sustainable portfolio. I love that. That's great advice. Um, it, yeah. And if you have any articles that you want to send this way, we can certainly post those links to share with people. Okay, last question. What's your number one personal eco tip, your go-to habit that you've adopted, your save the planet recommendation, mm-hmm. something that has just become part of your daily lifestyle habits? And you think maybe this is something everybody else could really incorporate into their daily routine? Yeah. So one of the things that I actually, my kids taught me how to do this was to compost. <laughs> so Now, not every municipality has that composting um, option. And, and in fact, there are many condo buildings in, you know, the downtown uh, um, areas that, that don't have that option. So I think one of the things that you might want to look into is how do you do that? Because that's an easy thing to do when you're when you've got little bits of food scraps or waste, like let's say the banana peel, what do you do with that? It's, those are easy things to do. And I just um, realized that not everybody does that or not everybody is aware of, of doing that. And some municipalities don't even have that system in place. So 
that's something that you might want to look into. Um, you know, the, the, the listeners might want to look into is how do you compost that, especially if you're living in a condo, um, condo building. It, it's a really good tip because we've had lots of guests who either do it in their own backyard or mm-hmm. they do have uh, their municipality offers that service and they can uh, bring it out curbside. Mm-hmm. Um, we personally, um, we take it to our local farmer's market here in the city uh, when mm-hmm. we when we're able to do that because we don't have pickup service here. Mm-hmm. So it, it's based on um, education, availability, accessibility. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's really, you do have to make that effort. Um, but if you're not aware of it, um, you have to turn it into that opportunity and make it a part of your daily routine. So I love that you do that. <laughs> yes. And I just have one se- I just have a second eco tip and just oh, yeah, uh, as uh, something that I want to leave with the audience is um, just be curious about how products are made and what they're made of. I think that's one of the things that I've learned is as I shop, I start to look for the, the, those, those certifications that I start to look for where they're made and how they're made, where they're sourced from. Absolutely. And, and that is why we're having guests like you come on and share these tips, share the insight and the background and explore that curiosity. That's exactly right. Th- Chanel, thank you so much. This was so fabulous. Thank you very much. This was really fun. Oh, I learned so much and I'm, I'm grateful. You've been so open about sharing the world of Ecolux as well as some fun things about you with everyone. <laughs> um, I'd really, I would like to invite you back one day to learn more about bamboo and why it's so sustainable. Cause I think there's a lot to dig in and learn about. Absolutely. I'd love to thank you again and uh, good luck with uh, your launch. Thank you so much. And I think that's a great reminder for everyone. There's There's a lot to learn as we're on this journey together, whether it's about bamboo, your carbon footprint, climate change, sustainability. There's so much uh, here to become a more informed, a more inspired shopper. So while we are working diligently and preparing for the Rejoice Marketplace, we invite you to follow us on Instagram at Rejoice Together and visit our website, rejoicerijois.com. For the latest company news, job openings, and internship opportunities, as well as you can sign up to participate in our Marketplace beta test. And we sincerely thank you for listening to Let's Rejoice Together. We're currently available on Spotify, where we invite you to go back and listen to all of our episodes on our Planet Positive journey. And again, thanks, everyone. Remember, Let's Rejoice Together. It's what makes the world go round. Cheers. Cheers.